0: Every time I hear someone say, oh, I know God's forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. Have you ever said that? Be very careful about that. Are you implying that somehow it's easier for God to forgive than for you?
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And Colin, I'm going to guess that every person listening today has faced the temptation to buy into that.
0: Yeah, and uh, I've heard it many times. Oh, uh, Pastor, I know God has forgiven me, but you know, my real problem is that uh, I just I can't, can't, forgive. Forgive myself. can't forgive myself. Yeah. So
1: it. what is the pastoral or biblical response to that?
0: The response is to say, what did it take for God to forgive you? It took the Son of God taking flesh, and it took the shedding of his blood on the cross. Mm. Now, for a person to say, well, you know, God's forgiven me, but I've now got to forgive myself. Are you really saying... That somehow you have a higher standard of justice or that it's harder to satisfy you than to satisfy the justice of Almighty God. To say that belittles the cross. And in this program, we really want to be thinking highly of the cross of Jesus Christ and that leading us to worship.
1: And that's what we're going to see in today's message. We're in a series called Momentum. It's all about how we make progress in the Christian life today we begin a message all about cultivating forgiveness. So if you can, open your Bible, join us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, as we begin today's teaching. Here's Pastor Colin.
0: Well, we're looking today then at the subject of forgiveness. To forgive a person who may have hurt you deeply may be the biggest challenge you will ever face in life, and it may well be the greatest gift that you ever give in all of your life today our purpose is to see how we can pursue it. How can I become more merciful? How can I become a more forgiving person? How can I cultivate this good fruit in my life? I I, I don't think I've ever met someone who doesn't ultimately want to be able to forgive, though I think all of us know something of the struggle and some of us a great deal of the struggle of how you actually get there. Now, you'll notice that I'm using the word forgiveness uh, today, and it is important to understand the relationship between forgiveness and mercy. So let me just take a moment on that and describe the distinction this way, that mercy is broader than forgiveness, but forgiveness goes further than mercy. So think about it this way. Mercy is broader than forgiveness, Not all mercy is forgiveness. For example, the Good Samaritan had no need to forgive the man who was lying wounded in the road. Uh, The man who was wounded had done nothing wrong against the Good Samaritan, and yet the Good Samaritan showed him mercy. So uh, mercy is broader than forgiveness. But at the same time, forgiveness goes further than mercy. Suppose someone hurts you, harms you, wrongs you. To be merciful simply means that you will have compassion on them. You'll have a tender heart towards them. You will make sure that you do not return harm to them, but rather you will seek to do them good. You'll fulfill what Paul says in Romans. Don't repay evil for evil, but seek to overcome evil with good. All of that is an expression of mercy. And that's a wonderful thing. But forgiveness goes further. In other words, what I want you to see today is forgiveness is what arises out of mercy. You pursue mercy and where do you arrive? You get to the place where you can forgive, which is precisely the issue that some of us are facing. How can I get to forgiveness? That's the question that's before us today. And the answer to it is you follow the path of mercy. But I want to see us to see where the path leads and that is why I've chosen to use the word uh, forgiveness today because It goes further. Now, this is a very practical subject that is before us today. And as I've prayed through this subject over the week, it has been much in my mind and in my heart how many people are really struggling for very understandable reasons over this issue of forgiveness. And a great wrong has been done to you. And it is so severe that you may have thought forgiveness would be absolutely impossible. It seems like an unclimbable mountain. And you may have found yourself saying, I wish that I could forgive, but I have no idea how in the world I could possibly get there in relation to this. And what I'm saying to you is follow mercy and you will get to forgiveness because mercy is the path that takes us there. This is of huge practical importance for living the Christian life and we're going to itemize the path step by step in our time together here today. Now, two things just to say before we get into uh, exploring uh, that path. The first is this, always remember that forgiveness is a fruit of life in Jesus Christ who forgives. Just to touch on this briefly, you know that Jesus says in Matthew in chapter 5, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And someone might say, well now wait a minute, it sounds like forgiving people is a means to an end. Is Jesus saying that if we forgive others, that on that condition, God will forgive us? No, he's not saying that. It's not that our forgiveness is a reward for something that we've done. It cannot be because God forgives freely. So how are we to understand these words? Well, remember what we've been saying all the way through. The Beatitudes are not telling you how to become a Christian. The Beatitudes are telling us what a true Christian looks like. In other words, they are not a map that says, you know, follow this road and you'll get to a place where God forgives you. They're not a map, they're a mirror. And we've been seeing in this series, they're given to us for this purpose, so that we will be able to look at ourselves to see if indeed there are within us the distinguishing marks of those uh, who are forgiven. And here's the mark. Forgiven people are known by the way they forgive. This is a distinguishing mark of all who are in Jesus Christ, which is why our Lord speaks about this, especially in the Lord's Prayer and teaches us to pray this way. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So uh, I want us always to remember that forgiving is the fruit of life in Jesus Christ, who is the one who freely and wonderfully and mercifully forgive. Second uh, thing before we get into this path, I want you to think with me for a moment, and this is very important, about how and when God forgives. And I'll summarize it in this sentence that we'll take in three simple parts. God forgives when a wrong has been done, when repentance begins, because atonement has been made. Let me just walk you through that so that we have a clear understanding of God's forgiveness so that we'll have a better understanding of how to pursue ours. God forgives where a wrong has been done. That's just very basic. If I were to say to you after the service, you know, kind of shake hands after the service in the foyer and I say, I forgive you, you would say, well, what in the world for? I haven't done anything wrong against you. And you would be quite right to say that, because forgiveness is only appropriate, it is only meaningful when a wrong has been done. So when God forgives, what that means is that we have wronged him, and it's a real thing. Every sin in your life and in mine is a personal offense against God. Saul of Tarsus was on a campaign, he was... Troubling and hurting a lot of other people. And you remember the risen Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Every sin that has ever been committed is a personal offense against God. Lewis Smead says this, and it's very perceptive. He says, forgiveness always comes with blame attached. Forgiveness always comes with blame attached. Why? Because forgiveness, by definition, can only happen when a wrong has been done. And we have wronged God. And thank God that he forgives.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Cultivating Forgiveness, part of our series, Momentum. Well, with today being the last day of the month, it's your last opportunity to give a gift of any amount, support Open the Bible, and receive a copy of Pastor Cullen's book, Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. It's the book that's based on this current sermon series we're listening to on the radio, and it is our thank you gift to you as you support the ministry. You can find out more or give online at OpenTheBible.org or call us today at 877-OPEN-365. That's one eight seven seven. or again, the website is openthebible.org. If you joined us late, we're in Matthew chapter 5, looking at verse 7 as we get back to the message. Here is Pastor Colin.
0: God forgives when a wrong has been done, and when does he do it? He does it when repentance begins. Underline the word begins. It's wonderful word. The story of the prodigal son, of course, that makes this clear. Here's the son and he goes off in rebellion and eventually comes to his senses. And what does he say? I will go to my father. The boy has a change of heart. He begins the long journey home. He's not expecting very much at all. He hopes that perhaps his father will take him on as one of the hired servants at the farm. And remember what happens. The father sees him from a distance. And rather than wait... The father goes running towards him. Why? Because repentance has begun and forgiveness is released at the first turnings of repentance. This is the heart of God and it is one of the most wonderful, wonderful gifts of the gospel. What a marvelous truth this is. Because friends, repenting is a process that every believer begins, but no believer completes in this life. I don't care how far you have advanced in your Christian life or, or how holy you may think you are, our repentance towards God is at best only a small part of what it should be and what it could be. So thank God that he forgives when repentance is begun, not when it is complete, because if he waited until it was complete, there would be not a single person who would ever be forgiven in this world. Not you, not me. Because we all have more repenting to do. As Luther said so clearly, when Christ says repent, he calls a man, a woman to a life of repentance. uh, Turning towards him and seeking more fully to live for him than we have yet done. But friends, remember this as we rejoice in this wonderful truth that God forgives when repentance begins. He forgives when repentance begins. There is in the scripture no forgiveness from God without repentance. The people who rejected Jesus, he said to them on one occasion, I'm quoting from John in chapter 8. He says, now, this is to people who rejected him. He said, I'm going away. And you will seek me and you will not find me. And you will die in your sins. You'll die in your sins. Why? Because you've rejected the Son of God. So the Bible never suggests what some people today want sentimentally to say, that somehow, whatever we do, it'll all be all right for everybody in the end. Jesus never says that. No, he says, without repentance, you will die in your sins. Why? Because there is no forgiveness apart from repentance. Repentance. Now, the convergence of these two things in the marvelous grace of God, the joining of these two together, that he forgives at the very beginning of repentance. This is of huge importance. Remember this. Forgiveness is a priceless gift. It should always be placed by the one who forgives directly into the hands of the one who needs to be forgiven. It should be released wherever hands are open to receive it. But it should never be allowed to fall to the ground. It is a priceless gift. And you do not cast a priceless gift on the ground. Do you remember what Jesus said in this regard? He said, do not throw your perils in front of swine, pigs, Lest they trample them underfoot and then turn and attack you. That speaks directly to the situation as to many others. Now, this is of huge practical importance uh, for every person who asks this question. How can I forgive someone who is not even sorry for what they have done? They don't even recognize what they've done. They have no idea the wounds that they have caused. They have no ownership. They have taken no responsibility. How can I forgive someone who isn't even sorry for what they've done? And I want to say to you this from the Bible when I think about this. God himself does not forgive unrepentant sinners. What does he do? Answer? He loves them. He loves them. And that is what he calls you to do. What does he say in relation to the unrepentant person? He says this. He says, love your enemies. Your enemies, you see, the unrepentant person. Pray for those who persecute you. Why does he say that? Because loving enemies is what God does. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in this way, the love of Christ is is shown towards us. Now, now you may say, well, now, wait a minute. This sounds like a kind of sophistry. You're just arguing about words. No. Here's why. I'm wanting to protect the sacred truth that where there is forgiveness, a relationship is restored. There is no such thing in God as forgiveness without restoration of relationship. This is a, a strange modern notion that has crept into our culture, that forgiveness is a feeling of the heart that can leave a, a relationship fundamentally as divided as ever it was. You never find anything like that in God. That's a redefinition in our culture of forgiveness. It's a lowering of it. It's an emaciating of it. And it's a tragic thing. Many Christians speak about forgiving the unrepentant person. What is often said is, is something like this. Um, well, you know, you must do it for your own sake. You must do it so that the person who has offended against you, so that that person doesn't have control over your life. I mean, they may never repent. And so uh, you mustn't let that be controlling over you and, and so forth. But do you see the problem that I'm trying to draw your attention to in asking you to forgive the unrepentant person? They are asking you to do something that God himself never does. And in so doing, are changing the very nature of what repentance in the Bible is. And so I want us to keep this clear in our minds and in our hearts, that God's forgiveness always affects a restored relationship. Because forgiveness involves the reconciling of two people, one of whom is repenting, one of whom is forgiving, and in the grace and in the mercy of God, the two are brought together. It's a wonderful thing. So I believe, as, as a pastor, that it is indeed a mistake. And as you try to have influence in helping others, you might like to consider this, you may come to different conclusions, but as best I understand the scripture, I believe it is a great mistake to tell people, that they must forgive where there is no repentance. God forgives at the first sign of repentance, and where repentance and forgiveness meet, what happens? A relationship is restored. Now, he does not say to us, forgive your enemies. He says to us, love your enemies. Because that is what he does. And I want to show you today that if you will follow that path, you will be in a place where you are wonderfully, God-honoringly ready to release forgiveness and place that precious gift into the hand of a person who at long last repents and trust that priceless gift that is not cast on the ground but is sacredly received in a bond that brings reconciliation and peace. That's how God forgives. And we are to be imitators of God. One more part of this sentence, then we'll get to the path. God forgives where wrong has been done, where repentance begins. And how does he do it? He does it because atonement has been made. Think about this. There is a sense in which God is the only being in the universe who cannot forgive. And you heard me right. There is a sense in which God is the only being in the universe who cannot forgive. And here's what I mean by that. You see, for us who are sinners... It is very reasonable for us to be indulgent, for us to be lenient, for us to be forgiving towards others whose wrongs may frankly not be very different from our own. But God is holy. God sees sin in all the ugliness that it is. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Every time I hear someone say, Oh, I know God's forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. Have you ever said that? Be very careful about that. Are you implying that somehow it's easier for for God to forgive than for you? James Denny, the uh, Scottish preacher of an earlier generation who writes so wonderfully on the subject of the atonement, He says this, If there should turn out after all to be such a thing as divine forgiveness of sins, which of course there is, we may be sure, he says, that it will be such a forgiveness as carries the divine condemnation and destruction of sin at the heart of it. And that, friends, is precisely what we find at the cross. God's forgiveness flows out of His own condemnation and his own destruction of all that sin is in the atoning death of Jesus Christ. God made man bearing our sins at Calvary. That's what it takes for there to be divine forgiveness.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. The message called Cultivating Forgiveness. And we've been looking at how God forgives. He forgives when a wrong has been done, when repentance begins, and because atonement has been made. On our next broadcast, we're going to look at how we get to forgiveness. So hope you'll join us for that. If you ever miss a program, come and listen online. Our website is OpenTheBible.org. You can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. You can also listen through the Open the Bible app which is free. You'll find it at your app store. Simply look for open the Bible. And we have both this daily radio program and the weekend broadcast on there, as well as other tools and devotionals to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Again, the app is free and you'll find it at your app store. Just look for open the Bible or connect with us. Listen online and uh, access the materials through our website, open Well, open the Bible is listener supported. We're able to be on this station and bring you pastor Cullen's teaching each day because of your generosity. But as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to say thank you by sending you a copy of Pastor Cullen's book called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And Colin, you used an analogy to describe the Beatitudes. Tell us about that.
0: Oh, well, if you picture a series of seven rings being suspended from a ceiling and imagine a person swinging on the first ring and then reaching the second and then swinging on the second ring to reach the third, I find that to be a very helpful analogy for the Beatitudes because the Beatitudes tell us not only what it means to be blessed It tells us how we can pursue the blessing of God. So, for example, one of the Beatitudes tells us that the pure in heart are blessed. Mm -hmm. Well, you read that, blessed are the pure in heart, and you say, how do I get there? And the answer is, in order to get to the sixth Beatitude, you've got to swing on the ring of the first and get to the second, to the third, and to the fourth, and that will take you there. So, you see, this really answers the most important of questions. How do I grow in the Christian life? And it all begins with grasping hold of the first ring, which is within everybody's reach. Because Jesus starts by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, you begin when you know that you're in the place of not having what it takes and needing to receive from Christ himself what only he can give.
1: Well, we would love to send you a copy of this book. Again, it is called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And it is our thank you gift as you give a gift of financial support this month. You can give online by coming to our website, openthebible.org, or call us at 1-877-OPEN-365. Again, the website is openthebible.org and our phone number is 1-877-673-6365. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. God has gathered everything you need to know about forgiveness in one place in the Bible. Find out where, next time on Open the Bible.